Good evening, friend. Welcome back to The Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and this week on the show, I have with me Michael Daniels. Hey, it's uh, beautiful out here on the porch. Let me tell you, you know, during the wintertime, we, we, we always kind of do a, a little, okay, I do a little bit of cold complaining, but mm-hmm. I got to say, when it's nice, man, damn, I love the world. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's, yeah, I mean, it's I've been, been sick, but it's It's nice. been nice. The rain finally um, subsided for a few days mm-hmm. here. I, I mowed my lawn yesterday. Um, I did as well, and uh, I have a... Did I tell you I bought a brand new mower? I bought a brand new riding mower. Oh. Like a tractor mower thing. It's amazing. I, I mowed my lawn on a Monday. It always takes me about an hour and 15 to an hour mm-hmm, and a half mm-hmm. to mow my lawn. Uh, it took me 15 minutes. But I learned that going on high speed has its downsides, mainly that it starts spinning up mud in your yard and you have big. Oh yeah, tracks. yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't. Yeah, do that. so I'm like, I have to learn things. My my yard's small enough. I use a push mower. I don't know, 15 minutes. Like, I could, that's not even enough time to listen to one podcast episode. I know. I, that's exactly. I was even. listening to 99 uh, percent invisible, and I got 15 minutes into it, and I was done. I was like, hmm. wow, wow. I wanted to mow the entire neighborhood. Nice, nice. Yeah, my my dad has uh, the mower that my brother David got when he and Andrew were running a lawn business. It's one mm-hmm. of those zero turn deals. Oh yeah, mine is really close to that. It's and super I've, sharp. I've used it a couple times if that I've had to mow mom and dad's yard because they've got about I don't know two or three acres of farmyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, my house in town is small enough. I have a, I have an electric riding mower uses a, yep. use extension cords, which I think would put people off, but I prefer wait, it wait. to dealing with uh, electric riding mower with a no, cord. No, no. If I said riding mower, I was wrong. It was, it's you did. Mower. I wanted you to play this back and listen to <laughs> electric riding mower with an extension. You cord. know, I, I do that when we get going talking like the wrong word will come out and i'll just keep going like that one week that i said christmas clause three times in a row before i caught myself and you never said anything i i still think that that just think of the image i had in my head of you riding a mower with an extension cord riding behind you is like how does that work how do you not run over it isn't there there's something that's like that i can't think of what it is though i don't know hey i I actually uh contemplated uh we should have talked about this on the show a little bit like Buying a robot, they have like Roombas for the yard, oh, like a lawnmower Roomba, like in um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, it's a real thing. I was like amazed. Uh, it's like a thousand bucks. Yeah, riders. My rider was like seventeen hundred dollars, and I thought, wow, I could buy this thing for a thousand dollars. I think the only downside is that it's a. They said people, it's a lawn maintenance thing, meaning it has to run like every day. Hmm. Oh, because so, it's slow. Yeah, it's slow, and it just. It also, um, it only cuts so much, yeah, so it needs on to be a charge. Run all the, yeah. Well, no, just like it doesn't cut a lot. You can't run it if it's too too high or anything. Oh, sure. So it just kind of trims. That's probably better, I would think. Maybe. No, I it is. It's know. great. It really is great. The the uh, the reason I didn't get it because a robot sounds fantastic. I mean, I have a room. I bought it at Christmas, and I right. love it every day. I. Give her a little kiss before I go. She's amazing. Um, That's a the, weird. Hey, she's, she's a robot. I'm in love with her. <laughs> her and Alexa. But, oh, man, it's three-way. Um, so, but anyway, the 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 lawn robot was that I, I felt 
nervous about you have to to run it every day you have to kind of store it outside and oh. i live in a pretty secure neighborhood but i'd hate for a thousand dollar thing to get up and leave sure yeah 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 so i was like what do i do but yeah and that's what some people review comments have been it's like you know they could just easily be stolen mm-hmm. and, oh shoot i get it and they don't have g like if they had a gps tracker on them that'd be cool i could do that I'm like i know who stole it but please I feel <laughs> sure sure but yeah, you know, anyway, that that was that was something I was you know I did this weekend, and I even when I was sick, I just got on there and and ran it. And but it's so beautiful, and the rain was so much that I'm happy we're out of it. Yeah, it was all really long. I I mean the grass was really long. I almost did two passes, and then was like, eh, this is fine. I'll come back in less than a week, maybe later this week. I'll go and do it. The other thing I did this weekend is my youngest sister was in um, the musical version of Peter Pan. I don't know if you if you're familiar with this oh, show. Oh, I all. remember you saying that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, so funny because I just took Sid for her birthday to watch uh, the musical that was about the guy who made Peter Pan. The true the true story of it. Oh, that's funny. Speaking of things that are perhaps better if you don't think about them too hard, mm-hmm. let's talk about this week's movie. So this week's 2020 challenge is the 1996 Danny Boyle film Train Spotting. Uh, a a very I don't want to say English because it's set in Scotland. No, it's Scottish, yeah, yeah. But a Scottish English UK uh, story about a guy and his mates, his yeah. quote unquote friends, yep. uh, who are varying levels of of heroin addicts they're not all there's at least one character who who never shoots up but he tries to get clean and has a variety of of uh struggles and difficult situations because of these people that he is surrounded with uh so and that's it that's the spoiler warning like yeah that's that's basically the whole story we're probably going to talk about a little more details so you know. I say spoiler warning. That's you just said the whole movie. That's the whole movie. That's my. That's kind of my comment on this a lot. If I have one <laughs> comment. It's that that was the movie. It it it's good. It's fine. I'm, I I want to state that up front. I think it's a fine movie, but it just was what it was. It wasn't. It's yeah. okay. It's about it's about heroin. It's not deep about heroin addiction. It doesn't give you anything more. There's no moral of the story here. It's just you know these people that went down a path with this drug and it's just yeah a terrible thing but it's not like some of these movies you'll watch about drug stuff go into the i, mean, I don't know it has a dead baby in it so i say it goes into really deep hard stuff yeah that that was pretty dark so that was let, really dark by the way i don't know we yeah, want to talk about it. that too much but that was that was really dark and that that movie I, that's when i when he starts really talking uh, ewan mcgregor if you watch this narrates in this one yeah and if if uh, he starts to talk about things changing and getting real, and that's when the baby dies. And by the way, it doesn't. It, it, the movie doesn't change. It takes like 30 seconds where they deal with this dead baby that they really show graphically that's terrifying. It'll probably terrify me a lot. Hmm. Um, but, you know, that's super real. And then they go right back into this like, oh, we're just on drugs. And I'm sure that's the life of a junkie. But... Wow, yeah, was... to 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 a certain extent. So let me uh, let me get this out of the way here at the top. Yeah. Um, 
Did you ever watch uh, Elementary? Yes, part, the, parts of the it. The American yeah, the Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes. Holmes. Yeah. I did not like it as much as the British Sherlock Holmes. So I, was like, I mean, Meh. nothing nothing compares with Sherlock. Like, it's a totally different thing. But right. I liked the... I, I you know, despite my initial reservation, I liked the uh, changing Watson character to be female. And I appreciated that there was their relationship was always platonic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a... That felt like... And this is going to sound weird to say. But that felt like a very brave TV decision in the world of American TV where everything is... Right. There's always stupid relationship stuff. Right. Well, um, and they ca- they cast an attractive female for Watson. Sure. Uh, right. Lucy Liu. But mm-hmm. the actor who plays Sherlock in that show, um, I think it's Johnny Lee Miller. Let me okay. double check that. Yeah. That, is, that guy was in this movie. Oh, that's right. He was, the, yeah. Okay. The James Bond, the Sean mm-hmm. Connery obsessed guy with bleached yeah. hair. Um. Right. Have you ever seen the TV show Once Upon a Time? Yep. Uh, so the main sort of foil character, Begbie, yep. is uh, Robert Carlyle. He's yep. Mr. Gold, whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, Robert Stiltskin mm-hmm. in Once Upon a Time. Also, the girl. Stargate Universe. Stargate, okay. Uh, the girl, the t- plot twist, spoiler, underage girl that he goes home with, mm-hmm. Diane. Is uh, Kelly McDonald, who was the voice of Merida in Brave? Oh, cool! Right, not a not a ton of Scottish uh, actors. Well, the other guy actors, was also so. well. He's been in lots of other things too. The Spuds, I think, is his name. He's been in lots of things too. I've seen him in lots. Yeah, I couldn't think offhand of of stuff that I've seen him in, but um, but I know I've seen him in things. Also, you and right, you and McGregor, obviously. Is his name. He was, I, I gotta he say, was I want to say Wonder Woman. Anyway, that's I do that all the time. This movie's over 20 years old, and so to see people, I'm like, why does that guy look familiar? And then I look him up, and I'm like, oh, of course. Like, 10 years later, with his normal hair color not bleached, like, that's the guy who's Sherlock on Elementary. Right. Yeah, the... the I, I will say, I don't want to bash on this, because I, I actually come at a very neutral level for this movie. It's it's fine, and it's good. It's not bad or good, in my book. Um, I But things I do like about it is i love this i love the scottish accent uh you mm-hmm. had sent me a text at one point saying like you should watch this with <laughs> the subtitles and that's good advice because it's very difficult they are watch, speaking english watching wow. the subtitles was interesting because it sometimes was translated from scottish yes. like yes. They, he would say a word mm-hmm. and the word they put in the subtitles was a more american english word yeah uh, i agree I'm trying to sort think of one, but I knew exactly what I was like. Cut park through, or he, something like that. He, I think he used the word "bug" as slang for like a girl you take home, and yeah. in the in the subtitles it said "girl," right? And I was like, okay, that helps. Yeah, I, I, I there was a there's a scene one of my favorite scenes in the movie Snatch. Um, oh, is it Lockstock? It might be in Lockstock and it was okay. Snatch. Uh, and great. yeah, the great. And um, is they go into a Samoan pub and, and Guy Ritchie specifically does this like conversation between um, uh, who's the big Jason Statham and mm-hmm. the bartender. And they're speaking like a cockney thick type of accent. And they're doing the, the like this whole movie talks. They're doing it there and they do subtitles. And I oh, followed right. after like the third or fourth time I can follow along exactly with what he's saying and tra- mm-hmm. translating it in my head because it's not. It's not a different language. It's just using 
different words for it's different, different slang it's different colloquialisms yeah yes so so it's i i could get the colloquialism between those it's a good good phrase there um and but you really if not it's so fast and so quickly you just kind of have to follow those things and that's this movie and the whole movie's like that and i really enjoyed that for the first like hour i was like i'm into this so much be- just because of that experience with the culture um and I and believe it or not, like none of the other stuff in the movie mattered at all. I just wanted to like hang out with these <laughs> speaking people and listen to them talk. Um, so that was cool. So this movie for me was, um, I'm going to call it an engaging ride. Okay. Uh, because with the exception of the weird toilet scene and the, and the baby dying, which were both very like visceral and uh, disgusting, I mm-hmm. think quite intentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, there were moments where, you know, I couldn't even give you an example now, but somebody would say something, somebody would do something, and I'd laugh out loud. I'm like, oh, that's, you know, because you're you're sort of swept away in this um, almost like slice of life or something kind of story. The, so- the story is so real in its, you know, futility and its cyclical, like, you keep going and he tries to get clean, but then he you know, he slides back and it all is very real in the most negative sense of the word. Yeah. And Um, I think that's one of the reasons people like it so much is because it does a good representation for us who don't understand the drug addiction in a sure in in a way that's in a way that's not as hopeless as a movie like Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. uh, Which I watched in college when I took film appreciation, which was just like, physically exhausting to watch i mean i remember having to like just sit down for a few minutes after watching that movie and and let it sort of fade out of my you know conscious you know probably like we talked about Endgame right. last week where my heart was racing from watching well, they, and it's they, just a hopeless spiral where things just get worse and worse this this ewan mcgregor character he doesn't you know you talk about the arc of a character and their and their growth their journey he has no arc, does he? Well, kind of. Maybe a very small hill in, in, near the three quarters part. A little bit out. at the end, and it's kind of. and it's oh, sort yeah, of okay. it's sort of antihero thing because what happens very frequently, I think at least three times he says this, either to us in narration or to each or to one of his, you know, in character to one of the other characters. He says, "What could you do? He's a mate, right?" Uh-huh. And it's this concept of he has almost nothing, right? He has his parents who, you know, do the best they can, but they're his parents. He has no, you know, you never see him really work a job. I mean, he does later, but in the beginning, like, he has these friends, and they're not very good friends. Oh, they're terrible. They're they're pretty terrible. And, you know, it's that that whole thing that you hear about from people who are addicts and then try to come clean, like what, regardless of what level of, you know, how good their friends are, they almost invariably have to find all new friends because even if their friends are good and well-intentioned and whatever, um, you know, at some level that if that friendship is based on that substance and the, the way that you are, I mean, I think he even says that like, I had to interact with my friends sober, which reminded me too much of myself to to even be bearable. Um, 
but he goes through and these friends, quote unquote, these mates, just take more and more advantage of their friendships and abuse it and are so like toxic in his life. You know, talk about the addictions and the toxins between the physical addiction to the drug and the psychological addiction to these reprehensible people that he surrounds himself with that he eventually gets to the to the end of the movie and screws them over and does something purely selfish for himself and then moves forward in a you know in a smug mocking way i was expecting one more like negative turn at the end but you know they don't do that they don't show you where he goes or or any of that it's the other thing too that's what I liked about that's what I liked about this movie. I liked that I mean that it could like many dr- movies about addiction and drugs can get it feels I love how you you mentioned that last movie that you saw about like stuff that it feels exhausting. It's that they they try to make you feel like the recovering part of the drug addict. The part when you're mm-hmm. going through withdrawal and that you hate stuff is that um I mean again I've not gone through this so I'm just speaking about what I know. Sure. Um is that um you know how bad it is and most of the movies make you feel about like this they want you to to convey the feeling of how bad it is when you're not and why they keep on, keep on it because it's so terrible when this movie is like you know when i'm on drugs everything's fine everything is great right. and then when when we're not doing drugs it's like god let's just get on drugs again because it's so much fine right, right even a baby right. can die Right in front of us, and let's just oh god, let's just get on drugs again, yeah. you know. And that's kind of the thing is like they were on drugs, not because it, he says it right out the opening. You know, he's like, we're not doing this because of anything else. It's like cares about all moral stuff. It doesn't matter. This is great. It's like a hundred times better than the best sex you've ever had all the time. And they yeah. they do a really good job of when they all take that first hit in the movie. It's like that they are just the happiest with their faces <laughs> and their joy and elated right. and they right. do that all the time. So the movie is, it doesn't celebrate heroin by far because you, they are in terrible no. people. You don't want to be, but it right. doesn't focus on the like horribleness, even though there's a big scene about when he goes through withdrawal and stuff. Um, but it, 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 it takes the drug stuff from a, uh, an avenue of how it ruins your life and makes you a terrible person just naturally. You know, no matter what kind of person you are, it just makes everything about you terrible. Yeah, with just a little bit of hope. And I think there's an aspect, too, where it's a little bit a product of its time, just like all of these older movies that we've watched for the past month and a half or so. Like 1996, they're just maybe coming out of the AIDS epidemic, Uh right? Because they talk about that. And you have this sense of like, I don't know if this is true for everything, but for a lot of things, culturally, it starts in the U.S. and sort of spreads out. Or if it started in England, in London, it would spread out. And so things like things culturally happen a little bit later in Canada than they do in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Just as I'm, I'm obviously painting very broad strokes there, generalizing. But, um, you know, in this time when this movie was made, if it's set you know, just a couple years back, like, and he's telling the story in past tense, like, yeah, they were right in the late 80s. And at the at the height of this AIDS epidemic, uh, you know, centered around dirty needles. And there's a 
there's one shot where they show the camera shows like from the inside of the needle and there's all this sediment or whatever in there. That was a very interesting shot, right? That's gross. Right. That's such an interesting shot. Yeah. They, you know, us just talking about it does improve the movie a bit for me. (laughs) Well, just because it's like, I get the uniqueness of how this story was told about heroin addiction, as opposed to all the other stories of addiction that I've watched, you know, that has drug people in it. This, this one, didn't it did yeah it didn't have really a huge point to it it didn't try to hammer head you know hit hey, you over the head with a hammer with stuff right. it just but it kind of did but not really um so I that mean was it's good for it. at some level any kind of entertainment any t- any kind of movie that's entertaining that's not you know a documentary though this is true of a lot of documentaries unfortunately uh is trying to evoke some kind of emotion Mm-hmm. Right. If it's a if it's a romantic comedy, it's trying to make you feel warm, fuzzy, you know, whatever. If it's a horror movie thriller, it's trying to trigger your survival instincts and adrenaline reflexes. If it's Avengers Endgame, it's trying to make you, you know, call yeah, up all your dad the feelings or every something. Feeling. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this and this movie does a very good job of taking you along for the ride of this of this character through his his ups and downs but mostly downs and at the end just just a little bit of an up yeah he you know it's funny that the up a part positive too is, not a not a drug-induced high up. right yeah it's that's the weird part is that you know he when he's when he's hot i mean when he's high and he's on drugs it's just that everything bad in the world happens it's that, you know, he's in a terrible spot. His life's going to hell. His health is terrible. You know, people are dying around him. It's just uh, because things just happen all around him because you're involved in that and it wrecks your life that way. Mm-hmm. But when he's when he but he's no less happy when he's out off drugs. He's not sad or anything more. He's just the same. His li- but his life is better. Right. 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 And it's just because he's not on that. He doesn't make those bad decisions and doesn't have the. The drugs don't wreck him the same way, but he's the same kind of person, right? Yeah. But his life is better. So that that was a that was a good thing. But but overall, going back, I know now I'm <laughs> something more positive. Is that I felt the movie was just just okay. The the, the Scottish setting and Scottish accents were were very cool. Um, but if this was on on a, on my TV on a Saturday. I would probably not pay attention to it and do something else and I would be on my phone playing games or something and then switch the channel halfway through. All right, let's let's do final thoughts. Okay. Uh, is this a bucket list movie, a good movie, or a movie you could pass on? You I skip. think you could pass on it. I, I mean, I, people will hate me for that, but my own personal opinion is that it's not something you have to watch on a bucket list. Yeah, I'm somewhere in between that and bucket list and i know i made those three boxes so it's sort of cheating for me to yeah. not put it in one or the other um i'll do what i normally do and put a bunch of conditions in front of my <laughs> you say, then you're just like making a, your own box <laughs> like like i always do if you but, um you know if you're not put off by uh kind of disturbing images of drug related lifestyle and like dead babies all yeah dead i mean if you're that's sort of a spoiler if we're past the spoiler seriously part, dead but, babies oh yeah sorry. Uh, dead babies um, yeah uh then you can watch this if you're 
you know, if that kind of stuff bothers you at all, yeah, you can you can pass on this. You're not you're not missing any like major uh um like turning points in cinema or anything like that. Like yeah. some of the last few movies we've seen, Good, Bad and the Ugly or uh Yeah. I don't know, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yep, I agree. So what, what what's next? Hopefully something. I don't know. I say I don't say lighter. This wasn't. That's it. You know, I want to say something. It's, it wasn't a huge downer. We've seen some movies that are like, oh man, that just. Considering me. the source material, it was not like, you know, it wasn't sad or depressed afterward. Yeah, I mean, especially when the dead baby thing happened. Like, okay, now the movie is going to get serious, and I'm going to go into this like really depressive state of the rest of this movie, and and then it the, did it. The tone and mostly stayed the same. It mostly stayed the same. Let's um let's take a few minutes and talk about some trailers. Wait, no, we gotta say what happened next time next week first. Oh, next week. oh, next week's movie is the Truman Show. Oh, okay, okay. Do you hate this movie? <laughs> no, I don't hate this movie or like this movie. It's either way. Uh, yeah, I I I've seen it maybe twice. Once when it was out, and then once when it was on TV. To give it. Did you chance. ever see the movie? Uh, what was that movie called? Firelight. Was it? No, it was a similar kind of thing, except a film crew followed this guy around. It was like, oh yeah, yeah, the Ed, the Ed show, Ed, or like Ed that. TV, Ed TV. That's that was with McConaughey, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, because I watched the Truman Show, and they were out at the exact same time, and I was like, I already saw one and didn't like it that much. <laughs> so why would I watch? It's the like, other? is the story more interesting if he knows about it? No, probably not. Yeah, um, no, probably not. The the one thing just. To briefly go back to uh, to Train Spotting, he talks a lot about game shows, yeah. And there are still game shows, right? Like Wheel and Jeopardy are still on forty years later or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the modern version of a game show is competitive reality TV, right? Mm, right. Yeah. Hey, you're tying um, it all together. It's it's, a, it's the same kind of like uh, soul crushing kind of. Whatever. I'm not a fan hey, of how, competitive reality TV. So. How did you? How did you? Uh, I mean, you got to explain it to me. I'm I'm totally do, playing dumb person here. Okay. Why was it called Train Spotting? Do you know? I don't know. Okay, yeah, I didn't get it. I, kept, I like, they went to the but, train at one point, and then they tried showed the train at the end, and I'm like, the, there are trains on his wallpaper in his room is, when he's going through withdrawals. Is there? Okay. Yeah, I. Uh, I, weird, I don't weird know. Title. Yeah, it's just a uh, thing. Like, what are you gonna? Call? I mean, Requiem for a Dream makes sense. It's very clear, very Shakespearean. You call it. Uh, uh, you could have called this Obi Wan does heroin, and people would have been watched it. Maybe I don't, <laughs> I don't know things. about that. <laughs> okay, let's do yeah. uh, trailer trash. In a world. What do okay, you so this week came out with uh, two movies that have. Had some things worth talking about. Uh, totally different feelings. We're gonna. I, I want you like. I'd like you to watch the new Spider-Man: Far From Home trailer that just came out. This is post-Endgame trailer. You uh, take a moment and pause this podcast. Go load it up real quick and uh, then come back. I almost. Other, I almost should have put this conversation at the end of the podcast. So if you've still not seen Endgame and maybe oh. you skipped our last week's show and are listening to this week's show again, uh, the. This movie is affected by the way that movie ends, so we're going to spoil Endgame a little bit in this brief conversation oh, yeah. about that's, this trailer. That, that's so true. The trailer. If you've still it. not seen that, skip ahead in the chapter or 
go watch Endgame and then yeah, for come Pete's back. sakes. Um, okay, and then the other one is the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer that just came out because it's a sure, sure. live action movie. Uh, okay, so let's let's kind of run through these real quick, and I'll get your takes on what you think. Uh, okay. uh, let's let's start with the easy one. How did you feel about Sonic? Why does he have t- human teeth? <laughs> So uh, weird, right? It's also, pajamas, I, it feels I like. watched this with my sisters, and um, and my sister was like, "Oh, it's that guy, like the guy who has been in a bunch of movies where he's playing opposite a CGI animal." Yeah, um, which is oh, kind of funny, right? Yeah, it's I, I. You know, our friends can be cynical, but nobody liked this. No, 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 but like the the internet banded together in their in their hatred of this. Uh, this thing and it begs the question of like who who was in charge like was there some sort of george lucas type character who just was surrounded by yes men to where nobody looked at this and said you know it was full like uh um you know a few good men we follow orders or people die where nobody said did it did these teeth look weird to you because they look weird to me or like did the why are his arms covered with hair even though the video game character always had bare arms it's just and even even if there was no source material of the video game character he was just weird and all of the trailer was awkward uh just looked like a terrible movie sure right i mean you're selling a terrible movie there let's take it as read that nobody has ever made a good video game movie right we we need to think about that i want to go back and research that because i have a feeling there might have been one Maybe not. Okay. I mean, sure. the Warcraft movie was not terrible. It no, did it very was, well it in China, terrible. but it, it's not what I would call a good movie. No, it's not a good movie. Uh, but no, th- so yeah, this one um, is all bad, all bad. And mm-hmm. the teeth, the teeth part is, I know you said that a couple of times, but it's a very true thing. It's so, so bad. It's so annoying. Um, and there was there was a nice render that somebody had done uh, online that they changed it to look like more like the video game character. And all of a sudden, it was yeah. like, oh, that's so much that looks so much better, just making that kind of a change. Um, <laughs> but if you go listen to uh, Geek Scholar Movie News, we'll have probably more more talks about this one. And because um, I know our, our buddy Fox, he said something that totally fit. He said it's like somebody went back and made a '90s movie just like it was in the '90s, and, like a, a bad oh yeah B yeah, and D they... movie. They say and, that on Geek Scholars. They're like, it's somebody was making the Super Mario Brothers movie with John Leguizamo, and they just time traveled here, or like you know, yeah. they dug it out of the vaults and, um, and the, and there but, it is. You know, here we go. It's the same my, thing. My one, my one final thought on that is that people compare this with uh, Detective Pikachu, which is coming out this weekend. Um, Talking animal ish type thing, maybe. Sure, CG. video game adaptations with like small furry. And vibrant character. colors. They use all use like bright in bright, in and bright colors. And like somebody did the Marie Kondo, like Detective Pikachu sparks joy, and and the this Sonic movie does not. Yeah. Uh, and the difference is, at least you know me not being a very you know I've not played a lot of Pokemon. Um, the Detective Pikachu Pikachu looks like the video game Pikachu in HD the same thing that's the same thing that i said about the last few episodes of star trek discovery where they redid the uniforms and the ship and everything from the original series star trek it's like better materials better uh graphics 
you mm-hmm. know, obviously better graphics, better video quality. It just looks like Pikachu with actual hair and little black beady eyes, just like the character, where this Sonic character is like inspired by and in a terrible way <laughs> in like in like weird fan art like it's just not bad like high school kid fan art right yeah yeah it's very it's very strange with and they got they got jim carrey on it which is yeah and he is yeah. he does not look good either i mean he looks like his bad jim carrey his ace ventura pet detective jim carrey right? i mean he's playing a cartoon character in a video game like it would be weirder if he looked normal oh he he probably just had to embrace the role and go completely ace ventura on him but probably he just did he was like this is i'm gonna do it full on and i get mm-hmm. that which is weird for the modern day jim carrey painter man but i get it whatever um this is a thing that i find interesting is that the comparison with pikachu uh because I think a lot of people have been really on the fence to what they think about this Detective Pikachu movie. And do I like this look? Do I like what they're doing here in this? Uh, it's re- where I'm just going to have to see, right? Do you know anything about the game? What, Pokemon or Sonic? Detective Pikachu. Uh, I know Pokemon. I mean, I, I've played the card <laughs> there, game and various there's an games. actual There's an actual Detective Pikachu game. Oh, I did not know that. Okay. Okay. So, so, that, so no is the answer to that. I no, also I did, did not know that. that. I, I happened, that. I happened to see it in a GameStop, and my brother tells that me that um, the thing that kills it for him is that the character Detective Pikachu in the game sounds like an old Japanese man, and so he's like, they should have gotten George Takei to play this, and I'm like, well, or Takai. I don't know if I'm yeah. saying that wrong. Um, and I'm like, yeah, maybe. But if they couldn't get George Takei, uh, nobody else would have done as much for this movie's marketing as getting Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, that, that voice right? is like, immediately. Ryan Reynolds is so hot right now off of Deadpool that there are plenty of people like me who didn't know anything about Detective Pikachu are going like, well, yeah, I'm going to go see that. It's like Pikachu, but... Deadpool. Deadpool. Like, <laughs> right. of course I'm going to go see that. It looks hilarious. Well, well, the thing well, the thing is what I was saying with this whole, like, trepidation of, like, who do I like it or not? Sonic mm-hmm. coming out and being so kind of similar-ish but terrible, I think makes people look at look at Pikachu now and say, like, well, it's not that. Right? Like, okay. Yeah, it's like Detective Pikachu is the MCU and Sonic <laughs> is the DCEU. <laughs> right, right, right. I hate but, to bring everything back to Batman versus Superman, but, uh, but at least I'm not at least it's not Last Jedi. Right, at least it's not I'm hashtag Last Jedi. Right. Um okay, so so let's move it on for that one. Uh now the new Spider Man trailer comes out after the snap and um Hey guys, I want to interrupt the conversation right here to let you know that in this discussion of the trailer, second trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home, we will be spoiling the ending of Avengers Endgame. So if you've not seen that movie, skip ahead, because Mike's about to spoil it in three, two, one. Tony's dead. R.I.P. Mr. I, you know, Downing I, Jr. I, I wanted to give another spoiler warning before you did Sorry, that, you should have moved on. I, you know, it's tough. You should just skip all of that. Okay, yes. Uh, first of all, dead, I'm impressed... Dead. I'm impressed that they did a whole trailer, and this goes back to the the interview with the Russos before Endgame came out, where they said they had creative control over the over the trailers. Mm-hmm. They put out a whole trailer for this movie that was good, that had a lot of hype. Now, uh-huh. I'll grant you, they played the nostalgia card by putting the old Spider-Man music in there, which yep. you know I'm not a big 
comic guy. I'm not a big, you know, all the comic book shows, cartoons and whatever, but I know the Spider-Man music. And so when they play the real Spider-Man music, uh, which we've not, I don't think we've seen in a movie at this scale. They definitely didn't use it in the Sony movies. They used it in all the Sony movies. Did they? Yeah. Not not like real, like the spider-man spider-man music yeah well i mean they didn't use it as the theme but they like every time in there there was a guy on a guitar he'd go in the subway and the guy's playing spider-man oh, like in an easter egg yeah. kind of way but of yeah. course this trailer did it in the big well, they, marvel music but they did it in way. the first trailer too that's what i'm saying i'm talking yeah. about the first trailer oh, okay now. yeah okay like they they made a whole trailer with like him meeting oh, yeah. um Nick Fury. And- Nick Fury. And I, I love every time I watch that trailer, I, my Nick Fury, like, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Like, <laughs> just, just a little, fin- finally meet you, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> right. He just says it in this weird, like, shaft kind of way. That's, <laughs> right. that's awesome. But um, all that and, like, you know, they show the interaction between Happy and Marissa Tomei. And that's all great. But, like, after seeing Endgame and knowing that, like, oh... This is after Endgame, and now you understand, I think they talked about this on Geek Scholars, like, the the real reason that Peter doesn't want to take the suit with him to London is that, like, that's part of that whole thing. And yeah, his, his and friend and his mentor, uh, we talked about this off the air in that scene as he's, as he's dying before um, Pepper sort of pulls him away and and moves in for her uh last moment with tony um peter parker calls him by his first name Mm -hmm. you know it's been mr stark mr stark mr stark and then he calls him tony and they have a real hug right there there at the end and so that's like a devastating moment for this for this young man in his life and this is the suit that tony designed for him like that's it's still too it's it changes, too fresh it and too, and too all painful. Of the thought process of what this movie is at the time, right? And it's and it's <clears> so <throat> well executed that they could make a trailer to build hype for this movie without spoiling any of this. What is what has to be a huge theme in the right. story, and you see that in this new trailer. Well, they had they had other things that they can kind of spoil, which which were equally as big, like that Mysterio is in it, but he's not a bad guy, and they're in mm. London, and you know, yeah. Uh, I still want them to, to tell me about like how the heck everyone else hasn't time jumped five li- years with the. Kids, I liked so that they. I, that, I liked but. that they got that other guy who's not. Uh, um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, but he, are you sure he's not Jake Gyllenhaal? Because th- he looks like Jake Gyllenhaal to me. But, I okay. I kept wanting to say Toby Maguire when I'm trying to remember the name Jake Gyllenhaal because they're true. like they're like Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill. Like, right? Are those different guys? They sure is it. Is it Bradley Cooper or um, Matthew McConaughey? Right, right. Well, those so, are the same guy, aren't they? Exactly. So, th- so this one ha- has uh, a couple interesting, really big kind of things that are mm-hmm. earth shattering, not earth shattering, but it's where we now we get people who can talk about the next world of of Marvel and what's happening. Uh, we had a week or two. Oh yeah, of, we uh, talked about that last week. Like, yeah. what is like? You know that Kevin Feige and whoever have had you know, movies in production in the works that are yeah. just completely tight-lipped about. I mean, even this Spider-Man thing, like I said. Yeah, like uh, Tom Holland, he he knew all of these things that are going to happen, and 
passed beyond that and all the cast did they kind of at least somewhat knew that you know spider-man's in the iron man outfit and things so there's you know, there's this thing that was all tight-lipped. So this movie is the first one where we get to kind of see that. And people on the outside are now revealing things. And, and I'm sure at some point we'll get a, we'll get a Feige uh, press conference of, um, you know, okay, here's our next our next movies that are going to be coming out in our, our slate of schedule. Phase, that, phase four. Oh, yeah, that'll be whatever. a huge event. But we get a little bit of peek of that with this kind of a stuff in the fact that they, uh, they say that Mysterio is not is, – is a human from Earth but not our earth that he is from a multiverse. So they introduce multiverse theory into the Marvel MCU, which right. is pretty big. It's just a pretty big thing because that's, that's one of those, you know, comic books have stories that they, or themes that they wrap around time travel, uh, mm-hmm. mutant hate and, you know, Avenger or heroes fighting each other. It's always these same kind of tropes and different themes. Uh, some kind uni- of registration act right at uh, universal uh or multi multiverses is the things that all comic books kind of a theme that they come back to here and there so that's yeah that's it's a way to it's a way there. to bring retconning into into reality like yeah and it's you suddenly yeah for sure and you and suddenly un unhandcuff the writers and say like oh now you can do whatever so all your yep. things of like what if superman met a dinosaur now you can tell a story about that right right and and the 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 big thing that i i kind of was just thinking about here with this one it's definitely a huge thing is that it opens doors for miles morales because he's a Mm. huge spider-man thing and he's Mm -hmm. he's into the spider-verse thing was even bigger massive and i mean he's a great great character but so is peter parker and tom holland and all this Having a multiverse where at some point down the line you can tap into these other multiverse characters like the female Thor, which is just Thor, and Miles Morales Spider-Man is... Wait, it's not it's not Jane Foster? Yeah, it was Jane, it's Jane Foster. It's, it's Thor. Okay. But you know, she's female. Uh, but ha- having these different characters... Yeah, because Natalie Portman wouldn't come in. Yeah, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's new things that they can do. That's really exciting and that's new news. And it had to do. Uh, Nick Fury said it with the snap. You know, the, the snaps tore a hole, so that changes going forward. And did I'm you ever watch? Uh, did you ever watch the TV series Vikings? Uh, the first like two seasons, I did. Yes. You know the actress uh, Catherine Winnick. Is that his Who, wife? Yeah, I forget her character name. Yeah, she was awesome. Wasn't um, she? Um, Oh, I know. She's a big name. Brunhilde or something like that was her name? No? That's not it, but it's something equally like kind of tricky to pronounce. Right. I could see her as a female Thor. That's oh, yeah. She was amazing. Um, yeah. You said that, and then my brain went there, and I was not listening. Oh, yeah. She'd be, she would be a great that. person for that. So, anyway, Mar- Marvel, exciting. It's great. You come off this amazing in-game that's still out there making billions of dollars. Sure. And I went and watched it again last weekend and was still emotionally charged through the whole thing now that we're and they dropped this other thing you know now that we're in uh i know this is not part of this but i don't want to open a whole new conversation about endgame but since we're in this pocket of of spoiler spoiler land uh one of my siblings shared a a meme of somebody adding up the runtime of all the movies oh that three and they're like they're like oh it's three thousand minutes and but it's 
assuming that Far From Home is going to run 129 minutes, which I'm like, oh, now the the whole thing doesn't make sense. The, The true story of that is even more like touching and heart-wrenching i love right? this yeah i love this I, I i sent you this link i didn't know if you'd seen i did it read it not, but go ahead and say because i it's cool. in the in the original version of the script the line was something like uh so I, I love you, you tons. i love you tons right yeah. just a sort of generic kid line and robert towney jr changed it to i love you 3000 which is a thing his kids say to him I know. Isn't that cool? When he tucks him in. And you're like, oh, that's, that's so good. That's good. That's good. Art imitates life. And you know what's great is that not only did they allow him to like get that in, later on he walks and talks to Pepper and comments on it. He says, you know, she loves me 3,000 and uh, you're somewhere between the six to 900. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so good, right? It's yeah. such a like, like just a normal, re- like in this in this world, in this Marvel Cinematic Universe of crazy robot suits and and green rage monsters and and gods from another world, like is such a like down to earth human thing. Yeah, oh yeah, right. Just a normal. Right. He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. He knew it's. It feels like a completely natural rea- uh, uh, interaction between two parents. Yeah, she loves me. You know, go to sleep or I'll sell your toys. <laughs> and she smiles. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And th- that was. Yeah, there's we we you're right. We could talk about in game forever, but that that was beautiful. And how it ends when he says that the last thing he says is "I love you 3000. And the comment in that article that you had sent me also says something that I did notice is that when the hologram Tony he's talking to his daughter, and mm-hmm. the camera looks at it, and he's looking at his daughter, but then it cams around. The way it pans is that he's looking at the audience. Like he's yeah. looking into the camera and he says "I love you 3000, which is so I mean, neat. He said that in his in his Instagram post, right? It's like, it's vague. If you haven't seen it, you don't know what the 3000 thing means, but it was like a throwback picture of him. I RDJ think it's did? him and, uh, yeah, it's him and, um, uh, happy. Shoot, oh. I say his name all the time. And I, uh, Favreau. Favreau and it's, it's like from one of the older movies and he's like such a, such a privilege, such an honor, fun, you know, journey experience. I love you all 3000. Right. Kind of, it might have even been in a hashtag kind of thing. And it's like, you know, it's Instagram. When my brother sent it to me, it was like like over three million likes or something. Right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's insane. The uh um I saw this talking post endgame stuff, because I know we're not talking endgame, but post endgame thing here mm-hmm. is that uh um I like that there's been two videos in, not leaked, posted, like straight out posted. First was by um uh, Peter Quill, what's his name? Uh, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, who posted, he went out when on a day when they were filming on set and all of the big cast was there. Oh, and, yeah. And he, he, like, he, took a phone video. He's like, yeah. we weren't supposed to take video, but Yeah, it's, like, super it. highly illegal, and they're all, like, not supposed to have phones at all. <laughs> right. And, and he's, like, I, and he said on his, his post, he said, like, there is no way that I, in my life, that I would ever not capture this important moment in my life to have all these like, people here. look at all of these actors. And I didn't realize, they talked about this on Geek Scholars, I didn't realize that Robert Redford is retired. Oh yeah, well yeah. He's... Like he had he had said he would never, you know, he would never do another movie, and obviously he's just doing a cameo. Right. But it's still like, like he came back for this one, th- you know, right. for his for his buddy Robert. There's another Robert, uh, right. 
you know rdj to, right. to do this uh, yeah the the uh, anthony mackie cool. who who's a good actor and kind of famous in his own right for his own movies he uh you know he's walking around like i'm just stunned that he, like, hey, i can go see michelle pfeiffer there's michael douglas oh can introduce me to him please introduce me to him you know so these very <laughs> big star name people yeah are yeah. are stunned next to everyone else who is also they're all starstruck which is a great thing for people to know and to see is that they're they're so happy to be involved in this kind of a thing too because you hear so much in hollywood about like i want to be paid more than my my co-actor or actress and i want to sure. be this and i want to have more lines and i need and they squabble over whose said name is first and second and i have to have a width or a you know, I mean, that's all we hear right. about. But instead, they're like, oh, I'm so happy to be on this thing, which is so great. The second <laughs> one was that, by the way, in that first one, uh, Chris Evans runs by and he sees him recording. Uh, Chris Pratt is recording and he, he looks mm-hmm. at her like, oh, what are you doing? And he walks kind of <laughs> jar- jaunts by him and he's like, that's so illegal. And he, uh, Chris Evans uh, mentions it and then it cuts. Uh and the second one was from Chris Evans, who also did the same thing. So, <laughs> so clearly he was like, if he's doing it, I'm definitely doing it too. Uh, and then he posted his video today, the same thing, where he was like, I can't believe I was a part of this type thing. Yeah, they did that, but they still waited, you know, to like a week after the movie was out. Yeah, I get, I get a little like... scared now for those, because I think that's good on them. They They did it. They were amazing. You know, they should get these kind of mementos. I think they should... Chris Hemsworth should have Thor's hammer in his house. He should own it, right? Um, right. But uh, the actual movie things. But it makes me a little scared for these people's like going to get hacked to their phones now for you know people trying to look for leaks and on mm. these kind of stuff. You're like, oh man, you know, I'm sure hackers are like, I should have hacked his phone or yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. But uh, so that that was really cool. And I also watched the the interview with Anthony Mackie about uh, when they talked about he finding out that he's going to be the new Captain America was pretty incredible because he was we we watched some of the some of the behind the scenes stuff with him and uh tom holland and like what must it have been like for tom holland like whatever 20 year old actor to come into this and meet these he has a funny story about him meeting who he thought was robert downey jr but it was just the stunt double (laughs) that's funny (laughs) um but anthony mackie does a thing where whenever they you know, they pull off the scene, they yell cut or whatever. He he, he yells out, cut the check. Right? <laughs> it's like his, like, he's like, hell yeah, you know, cut the check. Like, right. you know, nailed it, right? It's his version of nailed it. Right. And uh, so now now whenever we're watching, like we're watching, uh, we're re-watching Infinity War or whatever, and he uh-huh. comes by and does his, does his thing, and I just, I lean over Cut the check. Cut the check. Nice. Yeah, he, he's he's such a he's such a good dude. I mean, Chris Evans is is Captain America in real life anyway. But uh, right. But Mackie is uh, like he was so happy and excited to be part of an MCU movie and to be in yeah. it. And it was like super chill. And I was like, this is he, he always felt every time I see an interview with the guy, it was like he has stars in his eyes to be on all the stuff with big smiles. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So a guy like that getting to be captain America. And then the first thing he tells you is that like, Hey, I, I cried. Like I laughed. I cried. We drank some more. It's like, that's, that's my guy. That's, that's the guy. That's awesome. That's, that's the guy I'd want to be the next captain America. And then the next thing he says is like, I I'm glad I can be this for, for, for like a black man to be this. And then yeah. for my sons to be this thing. I was like, man, this guy is, 
amazing. <laughs> I'm I'm ready for it. I'm ready for Captain this, America and Winter Soldier. It's this whole great. franchise is for dads. It's, <laughs> it's all for dads, and I'm like, my, I love it. My one thing that I that I realized I forgot when we talked last week. I got one more thing, and then we need to jump. This, <laughs> but, um, when uh, after the the wizard portals open and the Wakandans show up and everybody, you know, they do a big lineup, like massive lineup, mm-hmm. you know, that they'd never done like. Or will ever do, probably. Yep. Uh, we're sitting and, and, you know, Cap yells out, Avengers. And I leaned over to Andrew and I go, Assemble. <laughs> and he a- did it and it was great. <laughs> and it was great. You know, on the second viewing, there wasn't very many things. Uh, I So this is a legit part of the show, I guess we could say, is that because um, my, my second viewing thoughts sure. uh, is that uh, I didn't feel too much. I mean, because I knew everything was the same and, and I, I didn't miss anything the first time. So there wasn't a lot that I, right. you know, like, oh, 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 or big revelations. Uh, the only two big things that I, I, I noticed, one was, um, uh, I, I got to say before I forget it, um, I noticed that they credited um, Maria Hill actress. You know, she's from your show that you watched, the How I Met Your Mother. Um, <laughs> right. 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 Uh, she, uh Kobe Smulders. Kobe Smulders. They they credited her on there, and I was like, oh, I don't remember her being on there. And also credited um, uh, uh, General Ross from the the Hulk movies, and he was like Senator Ross or something. That he, you know, he was in hmm. Infinity War. And I was like, they weren't in these movies, but they were at his funeral. And I was like, oh, they were. They show right. them, and they're just a little blurry in the background. And I'm yeah, like, I saw her at the funeral, and I. I don't remember that general, but I he remember was right that next to her. I was like, oh. the kid who was in uh, Iron Man three was the only one that I did because they pan back and I'm like, yep. oh, Michelle Pfeiffer's here and yeah, and yeah. Michael Douglas is here. Like we got, they got everybody to come back to do cameos in this in yeah. this thing. And I'm like, wait, who's that kid? I don't yeah, know that and then that's what it is that that kid. Everybody focused on that kid, and right behind him is the blurry Maria Hill right. and and General Ross. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, there they are. Um, so that was one thing. Another one was. Um, in that scene you were just talking about, um, it was I, I caught that uh, everyone's coming on the on the the screen. It's this huge panned out thing of all these people. It's the big moment, and the Avengers thing is playing, and then you it zooms in real quickly on uh, Doctor Strange and Wong, and mm-hmm. Doctor Strange says, "Is that everybody?" And Wong looks over me and says, "You want more?" <laughs> 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 that's, a, that's really good <laughs> there's no oh, more so people like, that's out there in the yeah. world right it's uh, like you go to go back to the beginning of the show when we were talking about peter pan and what's awesome to who mm-hmm. like this franchise has been going for eight years and these are old characters so like the people who are you know loyal comic book nerds who know these like b-list characters mm-hmm. i mean not captain america but m- most of the rest of them um are guys our age your age my age yeah, sure somewhere in that range like i don't have kids but i'm in my late 30s most people my most guys my age are fathers um it's so like this is the thing for like middle-aged comic book nerds or just general nerds who are like oh man this is cool because it just it just is oh yeah right? it, it just is the um the thing with uh Black Widow also. Oh, by the way, that that age range thing is like the perfect people who have some disposable income, right? That's they sure, sure. <laughs> they figured it out. Okay, um, the 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 last one that I had had on my second uh, 
viewing through was that I was actually probably more emotional at Black Widow dying than before. Um, because uh, I think up to that point, you, I was at the understanding that this is, they're all going to unsnap people that, you know, death isn't going to be a real thing. Uh, sure. For, except for like maybe the big people and she's big, but she's only like, okay, they wouldn't kill her off without bringing her. And <laughs> right. They, and right. they do. Well, and they do. And, and this I is, was like, this is how I explained it to anybody in my family or whatever, who was like, Oh, they killed too many people. Like, obviously they're going to undo it at the end of infinity war. Yeah. And I said, I said, the thing people are saying is they killed off so many people. Obviously they're going to bring all of those people back. What that means is, Everyone who survived is at risk. Yeah, and that's that was very very true, and that's completely right. true. So yeah. wa- watching her give her sacrifice and fight Clint again, um, and then when she actually lets you know she's not holding on to him, he's holding on to her, and he's fighting to try to save her, but he's stuck because she stuck him, and uh, mm-hmm. and then she kind of jumps backward to let go. It's really emotional. All of a sudden, you're seeing like Scarlett Johansson, and also some of her earlier scenes when she's you know, five years later and stuff, it, it, you start to feel like, oh my gosh, this is a character that's going to sacrifice themselves. And her whole, you know, I thing mean, is that you she's th- so, it means me a little bit more emotional that time than you think before. about, you think about the characters who survived and what they have, what they are. Like mm-hmm. Clint lost his whole family yep. and he went vigilante. Um, she Natasha, lost her whole family. Natasha has no family. Like right. her family is the Avengers. Is the Avengers, yeah. And so now we're at the end of this story, at the end of this, you know, I liked Geek Scholars called it a season, right? Yeah, sure. Marvel season one. Sure, um, that's, a, that's true. Because the original six are are done. Like, half of them are dead. Mm-hmm. Um, or old. Clint is, Clint is definitely in retirement now. Yeah. Like, he could maybe do more ronin stuff with his daughter as uh um, new hawkeye, hawkeye. Yep, hawkeye. um you know thor is now with the guardians and hulk is this you know he's banner hulk like he's a different thing like the original six are are done as they were back in yeah 2010 or whatever that was yeah not 2012 and seeing those so. those in that time travel thing seeing them kind of side by side was a an interesting thing like seeing the old hulk and the new hulk and you're like oh they're you're, they're totally different now than what they were right yeah so anyway yeah, uh, that's in game and that, that second viewing was was just as good just as good <laughs> and i mean it was still quiet in the theater except this time i did have a little kid behind us it was a family of four a little kid who was hating being in the theater was tapping 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 and talking and kicking the seats and it was terrible and he was doing it like, as soon as the, like Tony Stark died. He was like, "Is it over yet?" I was like, "Oh!" And thank God this isn't my first viewing. <laughs> that was oh, that was terrible. Yeah, yeah. People, I thought he was going to be like five or six. The kid Go, was like let's, twelve. Let, uh, yeah, let's call back to uh, to Firefly. Yeah, it's a special hell. <laughs> right. A place, a place reserved for child molesters <laughs> right. and people who talk in the theater. That 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 kid. Oh, man. I did. I turned back as I was leaving to look to see, like, oh, sure, it's just this little kid. No, he was, like, 12 years old. He was just an annoying. And his dad kept saying, like, shh, stop, stop, shh, stop it, be quiet. And he would just do it, like, 10 minutes later. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah that, was, that was bad. But, anyway, it's worth another viewing. 
it's going to make trillions. So <laughs> so much so much money. They're coming for James Cameron. Yeah, they should. And and Avatar. All right. In the time we have left, let's cool. talk about Game of Thrones. Oh yeah. Okay, man. We can't push this thing down any further. We we didn't talk about it at all last week because we were full uh, Sergio Leone and yeah. Avengers, and we still managed to talk about Avengers for like twenty minutes this week. Yeah, it's just such a such a cultural phenomenon, yeah. emotional. Uh, so this but this this thing. Okay, we, we got two we've weeks. had two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, the last time last time we talked about this was just before Battle of Winterfell. So we've seen Battle of Winterfell and the quote unquote aftermath mm-hmm. uh, last week. The I forget now the, sh- the episode title. The, la- the last of the Starks, I think, is what it was called. Something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, g- go ahead. You, uh, you well, okay. So I'm I'm a little I'm a little mixed on this one because uh, we have a saying a lot. There's a couple of we mottos we have on this show, but one one of them for me is that um, I, I when, when I don't like something a lot of times it's because it's a loss of. Um, you know things that you can have. What one of my what phrase am I looking for here? It's the one where uh, loss, of, loss potential of potential, or in yeah. finances we call it opportunity cost. Yeah, opportunity cost. Right. It's the, I don't the know loss why I said of we. Po- I'm not the loss. Of, <laughs> the loss of potential here is that is that Game of Thrones has been so amazing, and even all the way through last season has been so amazing. And as Dennis has said many times, endings are hard, um, and this one is 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 I think struggling with what they're doing with an ending, what they think of the show is, and what is important to stuff. And it's really feels like it's not planned out very well. And I don't understand why, because I think to most people, it was pretty straightforward to give us a, a, at least a bittersweet ending, as you had said. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I said that mixed last year stuff. when, yeah, when we were in the early days of this podcast and, and game of Thrones season seven was happening. I said, you know, best case scenario, the end of this series is bittersweet because it's been a, it's been a thing, right? Like yeah. eight years, you know, there's a, there's an interview on HBO go with, um, uh, Amelia Clark. And she said, you know, when we started doing the show, I was 22 yeah, and she's now 30. Like right. this is a major portion of her adult life. And that's true for all of the viewers as well. It's probably not as big of a deal to us. It is as, as it is to her becoming, you know, going from an unknown, completely unknown actor to a international celebrity yeah uh and all of that but but, but you know marvel did it I, I mean i hate to say i know that's almost cheating because they're the only one in the world but they did a good ending right so right. i'm glad that we didn't talk about this last week because if we had my reactions would have been mostly negative uh i have things that i'm you know not perfectly happy with yeah. Uh, we said I said two weeks ago that leading up to the Battle of Winterfell, very certainly Grey Worm and Jorah Mormont were going to die. Yeah, I thought Grey Worm uh, was done. Grey Worm didn't die, but I now seeing the the following week's episode, I understand why. Right, they wanted Miss right? Sandy to die. Like killing Miss Sandy is like if Grey Worm is already dead, then killing her is just like she's done. You know yeah. why even? Right. who even cares right. you know whatever i'm being callous about this but that you know the, one of the things that sets this together. franchise apart is that they're willing to kill off characters yeah. um the the tone and the style of writing has shifted away from my understanding of martin's style since the end of season six or season 
five. I think when they when they got to the end of the story as it exists in the books, right. um, and it's. I I think you know I, I we have friends who are book readers who are very like as soon as that was done they're like oh this is just fan fiction it's all nuts and I'm like just calm down like it's not yeah. that bad it's fine it's right. good um, this feels very fan fictiony it does I get that now there there are elements of this that do because I mean when we talked about Battle of Winterfell we're like oh definitely Winterfell is going to fall mm-hmm. you know definitely it's it's going to all be about this but we come to this. I forgot to give spoiler warnings before we started yeah, talking yeah. about this, but well, this is this weeks. podcast. Like we spoil it. everything. Yeah. We're several weeks behind, but like, um, this, this story has always been about human conflict, right? Mm-hmm. You get this hook at the beginning about zombies and dragons, but it's all like over 90% of it is conflict between people, people, different motivation, miscommunication different worldview like that's what this is about and if you you know it's this kind of like if you thought this series was going to end with a big battle between dragons and zombies you haven't really been paying attention well, and see, i'm as guilty of that as anybody like i don't know you know i'm like oh that... we're going to talk about these politics for a while and then we're going to we're going to get to the real battle and we're going to fight zombies versus dragons uh, see, which is what which is how i thought it was going to I, the reason I disagree with that is, and, and I'm going to go back to our, our friend Betsy Trotsky here, is, is she had a great comment, is that, like, at the beginning, it's all about politics and people and the humans and things like that. But each book, because she read every book, and each chapter and each uh, season and episode goes on, more and more magic and mystical and things are introduced until it's so much more of it that that's where you're going. It's definitely a driving point of it. He, he Yes, there's still human stuff all the way through it. But he just keeps doubling down all the time more on this mystical stuff. That's and it, true, and, and that's why you there's that's a, there's a great ramping up of that in the book where there's hardly any at the beginnings. I read the books, but what she told me, there's hardly any of it. They give the at the beginning scene, and then there's nothing for the longest time, um, and then it just that's true. And, but the, so the human stuff just stays. The conflict between humans is just stays throughout the whole show. It's kind of like the the foundation of the the, the series. Uh, it so, reminds me a little yeah. bit. I I know that you're not you're not actively playing WoW anymore, but mm-hmm. for years, WoW expansions have always been centered around uh, the Horde and the Alliance are fighting, but something worse shows up. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Deathwing cracks the world. You know, destroys whatever cracks open the the planet and. Uh, you know, tears everything to hell. And then, you know, we've got a band together to fight this common enemy. Right. And this current expansion, though, I'm kind of behind in the story because I've not been playing for a few months is now we're back to the two sides fighting against each other because that's still there. It's, it's sort of a parallel to earth history where, you know, the allies or, you know, the, the, the West, as we call it, because it's centered around Europe and not the U.S. Mm-hmm. Britain, England, uh, uh, capitalist countries allied with the Soviet Union to defeat Hitler, to defeat the Nazis. And then as soon as that was over, we're like, okay, we're not really friends, though. Yeah, we're like, back, back to fighting. We, we work together for a common enemy, but now... Um, I love the quote from Tyrion early in this 
episode four, where he says something to the effect of, we dealt with them, we still have to deal with us. Yeah. Like, we had a common enemy that brought us together for this thing, and it was all, like, very quick. And it frustrated me that it was quick. I'm, you know, I know a lot of people are fans of Arya. I'm kind of over it. Like, she killed Littlefinger last season, and I'm like, can we be done with the badass little girl? Like, that's... If she kills Cersei, I'm going to be like, Cersei's on her list. Like, I'll be surprised if that doesn't happen. But I'm trying to to put all of that aside and go, okay, two weeks ago, I was sure Grey Worm was going to die. A week ago, I was annoyed because he survived. I'm like, why did he survive? They set him up to die and then he didn't die like why are you messing with our emotions like this and last night he lived to see his love executed and you're like oh okay that's why he didn't die so the writers have a plan and i'm to the point now of reserving judgment right like i've had predictions i've had expectations and been disappointed like i'm gonna wait until we get all the way to the end I said over a year ago that best case scenario, it's bittersweet. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, okay, the, the, I need to, I need to take my own advice and temper my expectations back down to say, what are they going to do? It's going to, you know, work out a thing. Maybe, you know, uh, Daenerys gets killed. I don't want to see that happen. But last night I watched, you know, Tyrion in a scene where I'm like, Oh, maybe he'll get killed right now. Yeah, actually, like, actually I would be, that, I, I, would thinking, be bu- I thought about you. I would the whole be time. bummed out to see that. And, and Dennis is going to hate it. I'm like, I would have hated it, but it would have been. It would have felt more like those moments, like the Red Wedding, like Ned's execution, like in past seasons of show. But you know, something coming up could be even worse. I don't. Right. I don't know, and I'm going to wait and see. I'm going to ride it out. Yeah, and... I, I'm, I'm not sure. I think if the last two seasons are any indication of the, since the writers took over for Martin, it, that that's they're the shock kind of people that he is. He, I mean, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people like Martin and like the things that he had done and why, you know, like killing Ned and all these things that you just quoted about. Um, killing Miss Sandy didn't feel like a shock at all. No, 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 nothing was. I mean, the 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 Night King who he killed, none of it was a shock. Okay, Ed was the first guy that died. Okay. Let's get the most least known character of the main cast dead first. Okay. <laughs> then it just followed the list of like who's the least, you know, lowest hanging fruit we can name off and, and kill them. Okay. The guy that raised, got raised from, from the dead who I don't know why he's even still around. Okay. Let's kill that guy off. You know, so they, they just, and then Jorah. Okay. There's the big moment that fits. So right. the, the writers have just been kind of following very writer fanfic as you'd say things that have been happening and i just think the rest of this fanfic feels derogatory but tv writing tv writing okay that's a good thing they just feels like they're just going down that very tv writing type of of thing and i expect it to be just a a big battle with cersei and then cersei dying Um, making sort of safe choices yeah making the safe popular type choices because uh, because even when, when you see their little like outros that they they talk about they're like well we had to get somebody to a point where they can do this they're like they're talking like tv people they're talking like mm-hmm. this is what we do this is a natural thing we have character arcs and we have and like that's not 
what and Martin would do. And Martin would like, we're me, in the middle of a character arc, dead. We're gonna kill that guy off for no reason. You know, if if you've not read these books, that is not the way Martin thinks at all. He he has this, you know, I I'd hesitate to call it Zack Snyder esque, but he has this sort of almost pessimistic view of the world and he writes these characters like stuff that would never happen on tv right uh the character of Daenerys in the books um although i think actually this is a case where uh, in the beginning of the series when she gets married to um call drogo their wedding night in the books is actually more tender and consensual than it is in the show in the show it's uh pretty rapey yeah um uh but her character in the books is like 14 right right it's this very like this is a medieval world and in the medieval world on earth girls were married off at 14 16 whenever they were uh you know past puberty right and you know the characters are all much younger all the the kid characters you know he's not writing from a tv perspective at all like he's barely writing from the perspective of a standard fantasy author which is right one of the things i think that set him apart but yeah and, and that's why people i think a lot of liked of them there, there's the scene the red wedding is a perfect example of how like everyone at the red wedding still had character arcs to continue they were mid-arc they were still doing mm-hmm. things and they're just done and and that's what if if it was martin writing these seasons that like, you would have Tyrion has a lot to fulfill i mean he would have killed daenerys off i think he would have been like yeah, she didn't fulfill her thing. We've been following her for eight seasons. Dead. Yeah, she's got a lot to still go. Okay, we're talking about you know somebody else now. And that's. Just I mean, what I he think does. what it seems to me what they're doing is they're setting her up to to grow as a person, right? Like, yeah. they've established her as this kind of hothead. Like they they for temper sure. her a lot with the relationship with John, where they're like. Oh, it's, you know, she's, she's this, but he sees her and she's vulnerable with him and they, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, they early on, like first episode, she interacts with Sam and you're like, oh, it's thing you saved Jorah. That's great. Oh, but I, yeah, I, I I executed, I executed your father and brother. Sorry about that. Right. Uh, You know, kind of thing where you're like, oh, she's this ruthless thing. And she's, you know, got that. She's not crazy like her father her grandfather father father like her father um but she has a short temper you know and if that's if that's uh you know righteous indignation then it's fine but if it's just her being pissed and taking revenge that's not great that's not the kind of king that you want after this eight years of civil war and and everything else and so to get this like her her closest advisor etc being executed and her you know controlling herself her second dragon being uh shot down uh and her what whatever the like issues yeah. of logistic and logistics and flying is always kind of a like eh i mean yeah right, but right. it's it's all not real so whatever um well i th- is I- where I think maybe they're taking that, that character. So I think. I mean, they definitely are, right? I don't I mean, know. They've I, been I don't that want them to kill her off. So that influences my, my prediction, my assumption. But I don't think that they would do all this to, like, grow her character 
to then kill her off. That's the kind of thing Martin would do. Yeah, I Martin, don't think Martin these TV writers Martin are. But probably would have killed her off on a dragon or something at one point. Maybe at season seven when she was Jamie was coming after her or something. I think that's what I read this statement, and I don't know if. Uh, I said this on the show, but somebody said before this season started that the show is moving away from the Game of Thrones, which is the title of the first book, and is moving toward A Song of Ice and Fire, which is the name of the whole book series. Well, that would have ended up with the undead thing then, I think. Well, right. And that's what they were saying before the season started. They're like, it started with all these politics and the like the civil war over the throne because there's no... There's there's doubt about the legitimacy of the heir, yeah. uh, Joffrey. And, you know, it was moving toward a song of ice and fire. You've got the Lord of Light and the dragons and the Night King and the whites and all of this, like, ice and fire kind of thing. But now that we've, that the show has very abruptly dealt with all of that, we're now sort of back into... The Game of Thrones, yeah, w- like which we're which is back weird into we went back who sit who sits on the throne, and it's you know it it is what it is. Like I definitely was hoping for a big crescendo fight between dragons and zombies. Well, yeah, uh, the, here's my my. That's big obviously thing. that's obviously not happened. Right. It's done, and so I'm looking for I'm, some kind of an ending for you. But I, as as our friend as our friend Zon said, cautiously optimistic. Yeah, right. I, I, I have to say, though, that I think that um, the the problem – when I have a problem here with this this season and what's happening here is because I'm, I, I've gone back and watched the, the seasons prior. And, I, mm. and I'm watching – I'm at the end of six now. I, just, I think I just finished six and uh, with the Battle of the Bastards and, and everything. Uh, mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. think that uh, I, I just – as I'm going through there, I think none of this matters. Nothing – before matters none of the characters matter uh, they just have hmm. bland arcs and then it goes on and all the things that they're saying and they're just you know so important isn't important and and i keep thinking like okay that's a normal thing what martin does and it's just like the cycle of life and blah 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 which makes me feel the exact same thing at the end it's going to be the ending of the show no matter who ends up on the iron throne it's just the same thing it's just not going to matter because nothing mattered last season, you know, because it all we all had to stop Ramsey. We all had to stop Stannis. We all had to stop these things. We all have to now we all have to stop Cersei. And it's just gonna be like, eh, okay. I mean, I have I have hopes that they you know, Danny comes around and they do is it Viserys that's that's his name, the guy that's her advisor, and comes back and says like what he had uh. said. Varus. Varus, Varus. Viserys was her brother. Right, right. Um, Varus. He's like, that they can rule together, right? I hate that that, uh, Tyrion just keeps dismissing that out of hand because of the incest thing. Um, But ruling together is where I think they're leading, right? Um, Because he loves her no matter what, and and then he's going to take the crown. I I did really enjoy that in episode four, this, like, Tyrion and Varus doing... They're basically saying all of the fan theories that we have all been saying since last season. Right. Right. He's like, what if they, you know, this is not an unusual thing for Targaryens. And he's like, Jon Snow was raised in the north. 
do ants commonly marry their nephews in the north? Right. Yeah. They're like, okay, no, yeah, yeah. Right. But he's yeah, he was raised in the north. Which is what we said at the beginning of the series. It's like the real question is, who is down with incest to what level? (laughs) Right. Right. So <laughs> right. so anyway yeah it it just feels that it because of it not having a crescendo or crescendoing way too early and then crashing uh that it that it they're just going to be like eh, it doesn't I just feel like much of it doesn't matter and seriously when you go back and watch game of thrones in the future you're going to watch so many episodes where you're like I don't care because this doesn't this guy doesn't doesn't not only does he not have an arc he gets killed halfway through an arc and then it doesn't matter anything with rob right. you don't even care about they don't even talk about here's, rob anymore here's a thing that uh i was talking to one of my coworkers earlier about this franchise and he said something to me that took me back to a real life conversation you and i and trotsky had that i claim as the as the original seed that spawned this podcast mm-hmm. um talking about things that happen and things that matter or don't matter mm-hmm. uh, because apparently in an interview or in several interviews martin was asked why did you why did you write why did you start with this you know these zombies and this and this and then this happened down here like what why did that why did that matter why did that happen that way and his response was that's life like some you know it's the it's the John Lennon lyric life's what happens when while you're busy making other plans mm. like you're doing this thing and you're fighting over this throne and you've got these armies over here and you've got these the thing that, and then this girl shows up with dragons and you're like oh what okay well I, now we got to deal with this and it made me think of again that conversation we were talking about lord of the rings um, and the movie trilogy, Lord of the Rings, very much follows s- more standard storytelling uh, techniques and principles, where the books are just a chronology of stuff that happens. There's a lot of stuff that happens in those books. Maybe not a lot, right. but there are definitely big things like the whole Tom Bombadil thing. You're like, why did Frodo and his friends like, you know, get trapped by these trees and meet this dude with a weird fairy girlfriend who wears blue boots, or yellow boots, right. and you know, sings them songs? Well, because that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, but like it's there, just a, a reason it's like a historical account, and that's giving a lot of credit. Yeah. to martin and this franchise but it's in the books it's definitely true where like in the most recent book there's a character that he raises up who's like a distant targaryen cousin who sails across the sea goes to find daenerys and gets burned alive by the dragons right. and i was like what you know i'm like uh fred savage and princess bride i'm like why did you read me this what is what is even the point right and to maybe look at it from that that Tolkien-esque perspective of going, oh, well, maybe it's just this is stuff that happened. And that's a thing that writers, especially fantasy writers, almost never do. It's like everything is foreshadowing. Everything has a point. And that's the stuff that I prefer. But there's something to be said for deviating from that from that right. pattern, Here, here's from the, those tropes yes, but, to doing something Yes, but here, different. here's the thing about that, okay? That is why 
those examples that you're giving, I'd like to give, I'd like you to give me ones that have good endings because the, the ones that, that are like that don't have good endings. The ones that meander, that just take things as they go, they don't have, I am not a writer, but I have taken literature in college. And I, and that when you talk about writing and that you talk a lot about writing and composition, you take it back in high school and you understand there are you know, centuries of studies on what the human, what humans storytelling works and what doesn't work and why you don't do things. And yes, we like these different things, but they don't have good endings and they don't leave you with this feeling of like, it just was a little off because they don't have a plan. They don't have an outline. You make an outline where you say, this is where it starts. This this plots, points, hits, this is your character development and this is how it ends. And then you build it out. And do you think that Train Spotting had a good ending? No, I thought it was just like a blah ending. That's why I said about that movie is mm. like it's just a movie that just meandered, and that's also why I didn't recommend you needed to watch it. There was no real point that it enriched me in any way. I never felt a beginning, middle, and end. There was nothing growth. It was just like there, and that's kind of what's what happens with Martin's I mean, writing. Is it's I just think there. I I think I I disagree with that. I think it had a good ending for what it was it was a gradual curve it was not a massive uh hero's journey to go back to not to i don't want to go too far back to that movie i think for game of thrones the ending i think obviously is going to be the spin-off series where Arya and the hound do a sort of buddy cop <laughs> that'd be great uh, I, I will say this about about uh the ending is that Honestly, I wonder that the mind of Martin, which I don't know anything about, but I, I bet oh. you that he's one of those guys. I bet that it's he, dark and full of terror. It is for terror. But I think that I bet you he would be told. I bet you in private, he's super okay with not ending or ever writing another book. Like, because, again, if his idea truly is that life happens and he's just the way he these books have been told to me is that they just go all over the place and don't have you know, real goals and things. They just have things happen and you write about the characters. He just enjoys the world. He doesn't need an ending. He didn't plan a real, he kind of had a loose thing, but it just is a thing that happens. So writing it into a book would be not, he would just write another book. And I bet you he hmm. really felt like this next book is probably just continue on, but people are wanting an end. And he's like, man, you know, I don't do ends. I just do things that happen. Uh, so yeah well yeah because it's because it's artificial right like what like does life have big yeah i, grand I get i get that philosophical inspirational thing but ends, it is like but again it's, it's great to have a philosophical thing and then go, to feel like go, ba go back and listen to our episode we talked about uh blade runner 2049 and yeah right it's like it see how important yeah. solid endings are you know I, I as much as i said that, that those are the solid endings are important and, and how these arcs happen and those are good things that doesn't mean that that you're a bad writer because you can't get that together because i think that the harry potter things were the same way i didn't think that they had a good story arc that she knew what was going to happen and planned it out and that was a huge fallacy thing but she's a great writer that everybody loved and made a fantastic world that's amazing. Martin has made incredible characters with moments that are amazing. He's a great writer. He really is. Just not necessarily. I've, I've read very few. I've had I've had series fantasy, fantasy and otherwise that I've enjoyed very much. Almost none of them have ended 
in any kind of satisfactory way. Oh, that's, see, that's, um, that's weird. I mean, maybe that's your kind of that's people talk about people talk about Stephen King. Like Stephen King has written dozens and dozens of books, and almost all of them, people will say, "Oh, the ending wasn't very good." <laughs> that, that's funny. Uh, the the uh, Tolkien's the same way. Like we just mentioned, Tolkien is that the Similarian isn't a like burner that everyone must read because it's just what happens in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not mm-hmm. a thing. Uh, so anyway good and that's how he wrote it it's like a folk story for england it's like they get to the end of the story and well whatever the gray havens and all that i always think of the cartoon where they're like the the hobbits are taller the younger hobbits right and they're like oh they're you know sort of because that's what the hobbits are right they're like an idealized version of rural uh pastoral um English yeah. people, like no, yeah. no, average, average English. And, and I, w- I would just rather watch movies and and stories that that have a beginning, middle, and end, a journey, a thing that you know that's a planned sure. out type thing, because those have more, those are more impactful and memorable in my life, and I will forever remember Endgame because it, of the ending that it gave me, you know, the satisfactory sure. feeling that I lo- left the theater feeling this fullness. And I will walk out of a Battlestar Galactica thinking like empty, like there's yeah. just a loss of something that just is e- 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 ephemeral. And I don't want Game of Thrones to end that way. I would have liked to have ended in a crescendo of the Night King, and now it's going to be ephemeral. Cersei's going to somebody else will sit on the crown. Okay. It's a- the real sort of question about that is how it affects, uh, um, not filmmaking, but like TV making moving forward i a couple years ago i said you know there's this 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 and this good book series that'll never get made because there's not enough sex in it Mm. right because game of thrones for the first couple seasons it felt like its big hook was all this sex all this nudity that was just gratuitously put in there i mean not even gratuitously because that's the way the books are written but as it's gone on we've gotten less less and less of that where you're like yeah there's a story there's politics and conflict here that's happening that's what people are really here for the other stuff is just you know gratuitous again right. go back to you know word, I, I know but, i know we're over um, here but I, I don't know that that's true if this goes through all this thing and then ends in a way that like causes massive sonic with human teeth level <laughs> internet uh um i think that's rare I don't think pitch that's... pitchfork rage i think that's unlikely right i don't think we'll get that level of like uh, banding together of the internet, which is dark and full of terrors. Right. Um, it sort of, you know, casts a bad shadow on the future of fantasy adaptations, which there are so many good, interesting, fascinating concepts that people have come up with in book form right. that we now have the technology and the ability to adapt into a visual medium. Well, we've and seen, I was, We've seen that with, with Battlestar Galactica. I mean, that's the same thing, right? Same. Yeah, great thing. I I, I, I want to say real quick because we know we're over. Is that this is the yeah, um, this has? Well, I'm nervous for this because of that ending type thing and what it will do type things. But I think we're long past in the industry for at least the last decade or two decades of movie makers and producers caring about endings. All they care about is the beginning of what they can get people hooked into, and it kind of starts with J.J. Abrams and Lost. It's like. What can we get for a yeah. hook in Netflix yeah. and all of their shows? They don't care about that it has an ending or a story, the thing. They just want 
what can we get people in? Give me a pitch. Give, they just care about the pitch. Okay. In the in the last minutes here of this show, sure. uh, I want to, in addition to watching Truman Show, uh, there's a show called Electric Dreams based on Philip K. Dick, uh, writer of Man in the High Castle and some other things, old classic sci-fi stuff. Of, okay. Uh, it's the do androids dream of electric sheep okay question not heard of that one either uh, um, anyway i have an iphone i don't know what droids do <laughs> android android it's an old it's pre you know whatever right. um i want to watch one or two episodes of that because i saw a penny arcade recently where one of the characters asserted that uh each of these it might be an anthology kind of show he said that um they tell a whole story in a way that J.J. Abrams would take three seasons to F up. Oh, okay. Um, That's interesting. So if you have time this week, I want to watch the first couple episodes of that. It's on Netflix, is it? Next week. Um, I think so. I'll so find is this it a Netflix challenge? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's actually on Netflix. I think it's a network uh, thing. Yeah. But I'll, I'll find it and, uh, and text you about okay. it later. All right. Whoa. All right. Wow. Are you? I think there's. Are you good? I think I'm. I think I'm shaking up still. Stupid Game of Thrones. <laughs> you're, there's you're all still, sorts of emotions happening this that. week. We get the, strong, the doldrums of train spotting, the excitement of the I, trailers, and then the. Downside. I didn't even get to talk about the Lord of the Rings Living Card Game, which longtime listeners of the show will know used to be a thing. Yeah, yeah, that was a thing. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try this stupid troll quest again, and uh, you can come back next week also with uh, that week. stupid carrot quest. Oh, all right. Um, and Those then trolls. you also we need an update next week on on the house and you know your your ETA for moving back down to Bloomington. So we'll get that done. Yeah, yeah. Some some someday next next year in Jerusalem. <laughs> You've been listening to Front Porch. This is episode eighty nine. Thanks as always to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News. If you check them out, they have movie reviews, film headlines, and glorious podcast form. They do a whole episode about Endgame. It's great. Check it out. Uh, those guys are cool. If you like Star Trek or role-playing games or uh, horrible, not-safe-for-work Star Trek role-playing by us and our other friends, uh, none of whom want their last names attached to that show, <laughs> you can check out our other podcast, KlingonsAndDragons.com. Uh, if you send us an email, frontporchpod at gmail.com, give us all of your impressions and and disturbing reactions to train spotting or your theories and expectations for game of thrones or you're just big feels moments from avengers endgame mm-hmm. we'd appreciate that it'd be awesome if you go to our website frontporchpodcast.com we got contact forms where if you you're not into email because you're under 30 mm-hmm. you can do that uh we got the schedule for the 100 movie challenge as i said earlier uh truman show is our next is our next movie yeah if you enjoy the show you can find it on apple Podcasts, spotify overcast anywhere podcasts are found Thanks as always for joining us, and until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time. Bye.